Welcome, welcome back to the last two digits. My name is Bolasol. Sure, it's Nigo. Disu. True, it's Disu. Sorry, guys. Where were you? We are are joined by a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi, I'm Zainab and I am a millennial finance specialist at Barclays. I'm also co-chair of the Barclays Black Professionals Forum. Cheese! (laughs) Thank you, thank you. You I was just going to ask, what's a millennial finance specialist? Um, So... The best way to pull it, I'd say, is um, it, being a millennial finance specialist is all about helping like people of that age um, connect with and better understand their finances in a way that's relevant for them. Uh, so just this is something that I've been, I guess, like quite passionate about since I joined Barclays, generally about how we make financial advice more accessible to everyone. And I think for me, the reason like I, I, I'm within that manual generation. And so it's something that resonates a lot with me personally, because I remember starting my career and having feeling like there was this huge expectation to, you know, like already be on track to buying your first property, having your saving all worked out, like all your budget sorted. And like, you know, I didn't know how that was supposed to be done and, and going into like a branch to get advice felt so formal and like, actually well, I need to be ready to buy a house if I'm going to go in. And so, you know, I think a lot of, people of that millennial generation have those same challenges and it's just really about how how we think about the the services we have and how we offer financial advice that resonates with that millennial population where you know it's about stability but it's also about like lifestyle and actually your personal goals and how like that's all factored in to how you manage your money so like to go to go back a bit on your journey yeah because Oh, sorry. I didn't acknowledge everything you said. Everything you said was like mad interesting. That's what made me want to go back on your journey in the first place. Yeah, sure, place. sure. Um, so I was looking into you. That sounds mad. Oh, I just clicked on your LinkedIn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but um, you've got history in maths. So mm-hmm, have yeah. numbers been something that's always intrigued you? Because obviously, Gan, from not even from maths, obviously, it's almost a similar field, almost like a similar lineage. Yeah, no, I, I would say it probably feels like a natural route for me to take basically getting into finance having a maths background um maths was always something I enjoyed um and yeah I guess yeah enjoyed I think enjoyed more than my peers so I thought to myself okay maybe this is something I should keep pursuing um and that is what kind of led me to finding Barclays I did an internship while I was studying maths at Bristol with Barclays you know nine weeks in the summer and I thought actually this was really interesting they offered me a place on the graduate program and I've basically been there ever since so um in that sense it's quite a natural progression I guess what I would say is you don't need to have a maths degree or a finance degree or a business degree in this space anymore it's a lot more about those transferable skills and as an example you know I work with colleagues side by side who have like you know a degree in geography and it's fine because actually a lot of this stuff it's more about a different way of thinking now especially because like I'm saying we're trying to reimagine what like finance looks like to a younger generation so it's not it's not you know the industry is changing and evolving and it's it's more about how we keep up and think of more creative solutions actually and and so you don't necessarily always need that analytical background it helps because data is rooted in a lot of what we do but it's not the be all end all 
so that's a beautiful response still that's a beautiful response well you sound like you didn't expect all that knowledge that's how you, that's <laughs> uh, what are you trying to do <laughs> don't listen to this dc guy you know jam, jam. <laughs> i think ever since his 45th birthday he's been moving mad oh wow <laughs> happy birthday dc I'm not the one who's 50, I'm 50 years old and married, bro. It's a few hours ago. Where's my ring, man? I'm even mad. I was just about to say, I'm, I'm guessing we're all millennials, but mm-hmm. what is the age range for millennials again? I always forget. It honestly changes a lot, but it's roughly 25 to actually about 40 now. Sometimes is the higher range, um, but it does change depending on basically who, who you're asking. Yeah. Um, but it is, you know, now, you, you know, now we've got Gen Z coming up, which is basically like 25 and below, but it's that group above that's not quite, you know, that generation that basically, you know, is stable with their families. It's that middle bit, basically. Um, is that what we are? <laughs> are we sound mad old and that stable. What do you, what do you say? <laughs> I don't like the stable. word stable, you know? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I meant the generation above millennials like I, so I meant we're kind of that in between bit basically was what I meant um but also I do also it makes me reflect you know if I was on X Factor I would be in over 25 so you know that always kind of humbles me you know yeah when it, I was a youth, in that category when I was a youth I thought that group was for like 80 year olds OAPs you know, right <laughs> I didn't understand you know when I got to certain age and I was watching it again I was like are you sure it was always over 25 but was it always it was, was it always, always 20, this, right? 25 sure? honestly so but yeah that always humbles it's because you can put a 25 year old in there 25 and a half and then a 50 year old like <laughs> they are they are exactly the like same in Simon Cowell's eyes <laughs> it's, it's true <laughs> Nah, that's all wild, man. That's all wild. So you see your connection with um, Barclays, because as you said, you did the three-month internship while you was in uni. Do you think um, getting your foot in the door, because obviously we have we have quite a few listeners that are in uni right now mm-hmm. or maybe just about to pass uni. Do you think that sort of, because as you already said, the transferable skills were vital. Do you think that connection, just you being there in that environment, helped you get the... Uh, career that you was going into or even like on your side gave you the inspiration of saying actually I like Barclays I'm gonna stick around with them absolutely so before I did that summer internship I didn't have much insight into finance as an industry I knew I knew I was doing a course that was maths that people said oh this would be good for finance but I didn't really understand what it meant to work in finance so and you know it's not just Barclays or even financial services like so many companies offer like summer internships for uni students so people should really kind of research and and like you know if there's an industry you're interested in definitely research and see if they offer those summer internship programs because it is it is the perfect way to get an insight into that space with and really without having to commit if they offer you a place on their you know whatever their graduate kind of program is that's amazing but you don't have to say yes or no you you just spend a summer there most of the time you get paid which is great mm. and you all you all you get back is that insight and that experience that will help you so for me you know going into Barclays especially when I told people I studied math they were like oh you're gonna you're gonna go into investment banking or you're, you know you're gonna mm. go into like sales and trading right and I kind of had a, a brief understanding of what that was but I felt like Although maybe I'd be good at that. I don't know if that's what like I'm passionate about. And so I went into Barclays and realized there's a whole team that work on like how you, how we enhance the Barclays app and how we like do more things in the app for everyone. Right. Or there's, there's a team that, I mean, you know, there's a team that run our marketing. Right. So you don't, you know, that's really creative. So it opened my eyes to actually just 
the breadth of opportunities in in that company and you know it's again like I said it'll be the same in multiple companies and industries so it's a great way to get your foot in and actually not commit so it's about you almost also interviewing that company and saying could I work here for longer than a summer if the answer is yes that's a great way in if not to have that experience helps you in any other role you apply for afterwards that's beautiful that's beautiful go on I just facts Oh, oh, I thought you were talking. I, I feel like as as time goes on, though, I am more starting to understand the importance of interviewing a company as much as we're being interviewed as well. Because back in the day, you just I think when you first come out, whether it's you're graduating or you're coming out of education, you just you're just kind of looking to get paid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so you're just like you're just like, listen, I'm here, I'm ready. But then sometimes when they're asking you for other things, whether it's that. Um, I don't know you end up working late a couple of days or whatever you sometimes you see a high staff turnover you you have to start assessing to yourself as well like what am I getting out of this these days as well in a company I look at benefits that is something I never used to care about now I'm like what can I do through them so I love what you said about yeah and and I would say what like I think industries are observing is it's the millennial generation that are starting to prioritize you know like certain factors in a career that like others didn't. And that's why, you know, they, you know, there's always, you know, it's always reported that millennials like change jobs so quickly, but it's because, you know, it has to be a job in a career that also works for you. And I think we're seeing that more with like flexible working. You know, I have actually a lot of people reach out to me about the diversity and inclusion work that I do in Barclays because people actually, that that stuff is stuff that they value and they want to know what a company is doing in that space, because actually that might determine whether someone even thinks they want to, consider applying so all of those mm. additional factors are now like becoming more and more important and I think that's really cool and, but like I guess the challenge is like as a company how do you now like you know make sure you're also valuing the things like like you know this new you know the next generation of leaders value how like what are we doing to like, be- increasingly become the most attractive place to work so I think that's also like an ongoing challenge for companies yeah I definitely think um younger generations want to be super intrigued with obviously work-life balance especially and um, inclusion diversity I think when I was um, looking for jobs inclusion diversity I didn't even think about that I just thought about how many great British pounds sterling is this job mate, really, man? Mate. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? yeah is it more than the other job do you know what I mean and is it gonna take me long to get there whereas mm. there's a um, I think we are learning quite a lot about the holistic nature of the workplace that in terms of how it impacts your mental health, your physical health, your time, your family life, and do you feel valued? Do you feel empowered? Can you be yourself in the workplace? So I think that's um pretty cool that 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 we're gonna start. I think we're gonna start to see that change, especially I think especially major corporations. I think they're gonna attempt to try to implement this. I think it's become quite a big thing now. And I think you're right. I think look, growing up, um, I can I can only speak from my experience. Work life balance. Um, in comparison to how much you earn. So there was no concern for your work-life balance as long as you made money, like a substantial amount in terms of your or circumstances growing up. I think with things like social media, it, it um, bolts conversations. And by that, what I mean is usually you, you might say something in your head, right? So someone might say, um, it's you, you can't glorify struggle or whatever. Usually that's, that's a thought in your head that might go away. The most it will do is, you talk to one of your friends and your friend says it as well, but then after that, it's gone. The interesting thing about social media is it picks up little topic points and it bulks on it. So someone adds to it, someone adds to it. And it's almost, it sounds like a silly example. It's, it almost becomes like an essay piece 
And without even having to think, just looking at your Twitter or your Instagram, you could put together reasons of why this isn't beneficial for you, why this, why this is and why this isn't. And if anything, it kind of plays against um, traditional employers because as Disu said, like I remember the first time I got like a job acceptance, yeah? And my first thought was, are they sure? Like, did they, <laughs> did they <laughs> was this a mistake? I don't care. I'm, I'm signing the papers tomorrow. I'm coming in first thing. They said, yeah, coming on Friday. It's Monday. Big man, I'm coming on Tuesday. Just in case <laughs> you, you made a mistake, yeah? If I sign that paper, it's done, isn't it? Do you know what I'm saying? Now I'm realizing, mm-hmm. raw, like, do you know what I'm saying? Now, as, as we get older and, and we understand the job market more, and how much we are an asset, it's more like, right, let me even take a minute to think about this. Do you know what I'm saying? What's, what's the benefits you guys can bring? And as um, Bola rightfully put, um, or, or this year, I think it was Bola, um, you even got to look at stuff like the turnover numbers, like how often are people leaving this job? Like, and why? Like, I, I remember going to a job once and I'd heard that people were leaving bare. And in my head, I just thought, oh, that's them, man, isn't it? You know what I'm saying? They don't, they don't like money. Do you know what I'm saying? I mucked into that job. I said, yeah, I don't like money either. Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. It's a really big deal when a company makes you think it's not worth it because you know, the feeling you go into a job, which is I'm here, I'm ready, I'm hungry, whatever they throw at me. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tough it out. I'm persevering everything. Like you're psyching yourself up then you get in there. <laughs> <laughs> Person control Z on the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a real learning curve. But um, Zainab, I'd love to know if you're happy to say, like, what's the what's the culture, working culture like at Barclays? Mm. Yeah, so um I think for me, culture was a big um factor in terms of thinking well particularly where I wanted to start my career because obviously as I've mentioned I've started it at Barclays. And yeah, for me it it was things like diversity and inclusion like and it it was because I needed to feel convinced that I could progress in in this company so you know it's it is important the role and you know your responsibilities and all of that stuff but for me it was I don't want to feel like I'm going to hit a glass ceiling at some point and so I did a lot of digging into the diversity and inclusion like agenda at Barclays and I felt like actually there's a lot that they are trying to do in this space and also because I knew it was going to be something I wanted to get involved in I felt like I can see where I could come in and help make a change um so that that for me was um, really important and you know I'm in a, like a leadership role within our diversity and inclusion space so it's not my you know my day job is finance specialist but I also have this role within Barclays and it's meant that like there's a lot that I've been able to influence as someone who's you know I say like just a colleague in quotation marks but you know I'm not that senior leadership but actually you know I've been able to contribute and you know support other black colleagues which has been something that's really been I guess close to my heart so the culture is one where it feels like, you know, you, everyone can get involved in actually making the culture more inclusive. So I talk a lot about obviously like black colleagues, cause that's what I'm involved in, but we have similar agendas from a gender perspective, disability, um, sexual orientation. Like there's all of these groups that are looking at how are we making this workplace more inclusive for that particular group of people. And I think in terms of culture, that's, I think where it starts from, because then we're getting to a point where actually everybody feels comfortable being themselves at work, regardless of who they are. And so that's something that I, I think drew me to Barclays and like, as I've gotten more involved, you know, it's, it's never 
something that's like going to be achieved but I see the progress like year on year that you know kind of gives me faith that we're going to get to a place where you know in terms of like representation and like progression we're seeing it you know it's starting to feel like everyone has a you know level playing field and I think you know for a long time the whole industry has had um challenges around that definitely love yeah no I I love what you're doing and um there there are so many questions I could ask you but I'm gonna currently stick to some of the ones that we did discuss um what tips do you have when it comes to resetting your money goals um especially you know the world's opened up again um how have you kind of reset your money goals in light of that and what tips do you have for people in general yeah I think it's natural to be a bit worried about your expenses like as the world's opening up like I always like hear I always hear people saying like as soon as you step out of your house we you lose money because it's just you know there's just so much to spend money on once once you're out and I think I've definitely felt that over the past few months like my birthday was in September and I have a lot of close friends birthdays like basically between August and and this month and so you know not only is it suddenly spending money on gifts or like food and drinks like it's even like getting to events is like costing so much money and also a lot of us are now commuting into work again um because so that's what I've started doing since September as well um so yeah only a couple of days a week now but you know it's it's starting to kind of get back to you know like the the new normal um they need to relax for April everyone needs to relax listen listen anyway I ain't coming in more than one day a week. I'm not gonna, yeah. So I, yeah, I so I I'm back a couple of days a week, and I'm I'm not gonna lie. I am enjoying that contact. Like, there's just something that you don't realize you've missed until, and you know. Also, I like I have a great relationship with my with my manager and my team, so it's been so nice to meet and it's not felt like such a formal I've had to put this time in your diary, and we're gonna sit in front of the laptop and talk. Actually, I'll just walk past you by our desks and we will we'll just have a bit more of a spontaneous conversation so I'm not gonna lie now that I'm back I have missed that but at the same time when I was at home I was also you know quite Zainab, comfortable. Zainab studying on you this is she said yeah I like my employers I don't know about <laughs> you over there I don't no. know about you and your pagans but my people mm-hmm. are cool on this side. But you know funny I, I just think it's about finding as we said work-life balance. Yeah. Happy to go, happy to go in but that that old school life pre-covid mm. uh, pc if you will uh where it was five days a week i can't imagine my life no. and i don't think we'll ever go back to that to be honest because mm. actually we can see that everyone has worked really well and have been really productive being at home but there might be some benefits in coming in the office but i think it, it really now should just be about what works best for the individual um but yeah, so if yeah, just a few let me a few things about um, oh like resetting your sort of money goals. So firstly, so one thing that I like always actually say is I think it's really important to like be comfortable talking about your current situation, and that could be you know with like people per- people that you know personally, like you know a partner, family, or friends. Because I think it's important to get to people's perspectives because often we're also like all going through the same sort of thing. Um, but if you know if for some reason you don't feel so comfortable doing that there's also like impartial advice you can get right so we have Barclays money mentors and they're they're specifically skilled to give you that guidance on just general money management like you know nothing too kind of formal and I just think the first step in I guess talking about money is like so the, the, the first step is starting to talk about money and then you 
like that gets you one step closer to actually having that control and being able to think more positively about like your goals and then I guess like for me one thing that I find quite useful is doing what I call like a financial MOT so like you know have a sit down and think okay now that there's more happening and like in the world what are my monthly outgoings how much do I actually want to save every month how like how do I make sure I put that to one side and and then let me look at then what do I have left over like what what can I spend on in terms of like the things that I love and the fun things so I think it's really important like maybe every few months couple of times of year to just sit down and have that time to just reflect and just map everything out because I think so often we're just caught up in life and work that we're just kind of like going through every every month right and just having that time to yourself to just reflect on your expenses um should really help just kind of prepare you for the world opening up because yeah you know it, we might we will end up spending more money because we're going out it's going to be things that we want to spend money on but we need to make sure that we're doing it in kind of the way that's still keeps us in a good position financially. I respect that heavy, man. I respect that. And I think one way for everyone to make is... We said this year? I was going to ask, um, how did you get into um, like um, financial, wellness, financial and... wellness and... Oh, I didn't catch that. Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I, 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 I don't know if Nico's being dumb or what. You don't <laughs> I was going to ask you, um, like, how did you get your actual passion for, like, financial wellness? Because it's it's a grind. Like, it's a lot of information to know, a lot of discipline, and it's very, very difficult to stay disciplined, especially when you're young, when there's so much distractions. Like, how do, um, has, it, has you always had this passion from young? Was it instilled on you from, like, family, or did it just kind of just happen? Um, I... I would say it's something that ne- I didn't necessarily, like, I haven't necessarily had a passion for my whole life. So I definitely, especially going through like university, I definitely felt at a time where I didn't feel like I had much knowledge. I definitely struggled. And like I, I mentioned earlier, like, you know, I remember at the start of my career as well, I fe- especially because I work in finance, I felt like there was a lot of expectation to know this stuff and I didn't necessarily like personally I didn't necessarily know that but I already had friends you know asking me for advice and and things (laughs) like that so like I I definitely had a moment where I felt very uncomfortable because I felt like there was a lot that I should I should know or should at least be confident about that I didn't and then Mm. I think what happened is in terms of work I started to find what, what I started to find really interesting is actually how we serve our customers and then kind of that was then in a way me reflecting on actually things that actually I, I could kind of do to make myself feel more comfortable about my own finances so it's sort of weird because I'm really passionate about that and I think it's because I guess maybe the bottom line is I want to do work that helps people like me who once went through with like who or who who once went through or are still going through a stage where you don't feel very confident so it's a bit weird because I think it's it's kind of part of my experience at Barclays and on the graduate scheme which like you know I I did a number of different placements and got to kind of see a lot and then realizing you know there's problems that need solved in terms of customers who you know they're not quite at that stage where we can give them that formal advice you know they're not quite ready to maybe get out a mortgage but like how do we help people at the stage before that to kind of prep them for those big moments in their lives and I think that's what I needed and I think that's maybe kind of how my passion has developed it's like coming from a space where personally 
I, I had that growth, but then working in an area where we focus so much on that. And then I just think, you know, more people need to be aware of, you know, the things that can help them in this space. So yeah, a bit of a weird one. I've never really thought about that actually, but yeah, a bit of like personal and actually just what I started to learn and explore in, in my career. Okay, cool. Like it's fun. It's, I'm happy that I wasn't the only one who felt like when I started my career in finance, people asking me like, yo, so how do I turn 500 into... Oh my gosh, like, yeah. Bro, if I knew, do you think I'll be here? Honestly. Working <laughs> nine to five? <laughs> <laughs> or, or for me because um I've done a lot of work with like the Barclays app and so it will be like like there's this issue with my app can you sort it out and I'm thinking I'm actually not a developer like I can't physically fix this for you <laughs> um, but you know it's just it yeah it's a lot of pressure because people then just see you as the person who knows everything on in, in like in that whole industry basically and that's that's not always the case and it, it definitely wasn't for me I'm laughing because I was definitely one of the people calling this is still. I was definitely <laughs> one of, hey, listen, I got £22. How do I turn this into a million by someone? Let me know <laughs> right now. Yeah. Nico, I don't know. I'll give you 24 hours to figure it out and call me back. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me. So bad. The amount of things I've literally learned because somebody's asked me, assuming I should know, then I go and, and find out on their behalf. Mm, it's, it's that's quite true. <laughs> That's good though, man. That's humility as well, man. Do you know what I'm saying? I think you never, you never stop learning. There's some quote, I can't remember the quote because it just sounds overly smart, but something along the lines of like a wise man knows that he knows nothing or something like that. I can't mm. remember what it was. Um, but yeah, yeah. So get, getting back to you, Zainab. Um, so you've got quite quite an interesting skill set, like quite an interesting few skill sets. You can play keys, piano, sorry. Um <laughs> athletics, Barclays, obviously, um, and you're a writer as well. Well, I think, as it says, soon oh, to you be... You really did your research, okay. Yeah. <laughs> soon to be author, as it says. Um, two things. Actually, I'll ask them separately, So, because I hate when people ask me two questions. I've got to remember <laughs> the second part on that. Anyway. But does your... Um, does the fact that you've sort of always been productive... Obviously, I don't know your whole childhood, but it seems like you've always been on your toes. Do you think that sort of helps you in this work life? Because it's almost like, as you said, with uh, going from maths in uni to work, it was just a, a step forward of what you was already doing. That almost seems like it with just life-wise, career-wise, you know, how you're going to go from being an editor, an amazing um, publication like Gaudem to sort of uh, being an author for yourself. Do you think these things are sort of just steps for you, if that, if that makes any sense? That's a really good question. So um, I guess just for people who, yeah, haven't done their research on me. So I think, yeah, there's always, I think I've always had, I guess, a key interest, which kind of started being maths and then kind of, I guess, like my formal kind of career path, which was probably, yeah, maths and then going into financial services with a kind of splash of, you know, digital and tech at the moment. Um, and then I've always had like a hobby or an interest on the side mm. and so I think as a person like when I was going through education I think for me in order to kind of do well I had to have an outlet that wasn't just my studies so that's kind of where I used to do sport a lot and I still do some sport now and in uni that's how I got involved in Gaudem because I started to be like that sound of kind of like writing articles and stuff so mm. I think I've always been at my best when I have an outlet which is separate to my studies but there's a, and my career but there's other people who that needs to be their key focus and that's how they excel so I think it really depends on the person and then 
um yeah I guess actually now that you speak about it because you know there's two there's kind of two types of people when I talk to like others because there's people who think wow like everything you do is so random how how does that make sense Mm -hmm. and there's other people who kind of get it and I think for me that the main thread is I think I always I'm always trying to do something that I think will help others and it tends to be based on something that I've been through so for the Gaudem for for kind of writing and, and and you know soon to be published in a book which is going to be about uh, black british history and culture with a focus on like afro hair um this is like these are these are things that i am passionate about because you know there was a time well you know not just me many black women struggle and black men to be fair struggle with their like hair journeys especially navigating corporate industries you know there's a lot that you kind of have to think through sometimes in terms of like your appearance in the workplace and we know that there's a lot of discrimination in relation to afro hair and I, you know, when I'm writing this book, I'm thinking I want to write a book that a young me would have picked up and have thought, you know what? Yeah, this makes me want to love my hair and not worry about what other people think. And actually, I've learned something. I've learned about my hair. And actually, now I feel like I understand it better. So like, that's kind of that. And I think the same is in my career. Right? I want to kind of work on, you know, app features or services that make maybe someone who was like me a few years ago say, oh, I feel like this totally helps me understand my finances and makes me feel more confident about how I manage my money and, you know, like work towards my financial goals. So I think there's, it's, you're right. Like, I think everything feels like a natural progression. It's just actually, and this is what I always say to people, if you never feel like you have to pigeonhole yourself, I have a career in finance. I also have a separate like writing career now, which I would have never thought of when I was at the start of my degree. Um, and, you know, a bunch of other things that I have as hobby and in, hobbies and interests. And as long as you're just very careful with your time, you can do everything that you're interested in. You can. Um, it's just being really strict about your time and, and what you give your energy to based on what you're most passionate about and maybe where you think your impact will be um but I would say it's still something I'm I am working through like that juggling of interests and passions and one thing Mm. I would say is being in a being in a team that understands that has really helped like we've spoken about you know flexible working is becoming um, more and more common and actually it was lockdown that really helped me manage my job and also write a book because it was just so flexible right like uh, my work would be done and then I just close that laptop and then just open up my personal laptop and start writing and you know I could be more flexible with my timings and so um yeah I don't know I just think I have a few different passions and I feel like, you know, we should never feel held back because our passions don't fully align with each other. But there's also something that about you that like is the reason why you are doing these passions. So, you know, even if it's, for example, playing a sport and modeling, there is something it's still part of you. Right. It's still part of you and your interests. And so you should never feel like you shouldn't be able to do one. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I I haven't really thought about that. But, um, yeah, it's. I just think as long as you manage your time, you can you can kind of pursue new interests or yeah, keep doing things that you're passionate about. Because I do think it's important that you do, even if it's just trying things. No, that's a that's oh, go on, Bola. Um, no, I was just gonna say it's what I like as well is the fact that um, Barclay seems supportive of your ventures. Mm. Um, I love that you can kind of marry up what you do. Um, in the day with what you choose to do after work as well um mm-hmm. so when yeah just how yeah. has that journey been for you because that's always sometimes been a bit of a personal struggle for me so I'd just love to know what that's been like for you yeah I think yeah first time author that's been really challenging I think 
generally it's been having supportive people whether that's you know inside of work and outside that has they they have got me through this whole process um yeah I think just picking up what you said about you know having a supportive you know being feeling like you're in a company that supports that like um for 2020 Black History Month we did a panel discussion where basically like I was on the panel at work talking about my book and like you know I'll, I'll talk to colleagues you know for like a project meeting and they'll be like you know how's the book going and it's like it I love that they're supportive at the same time don't bring it up because it's going to stress me because I'm still I'm still writing it and you know every day I'm thinking that I've still got edits to do um but it's been it has been so nice to and again this is what's kept me in terms of the culture at Barclays to feel like actually I can be my full self right and 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 they're supportive in everything that you do because ultimately they know that that's when you're going to perform best right if you are if you are involved in the things that you're passionate about you know whether that's DNI work within the company or something completely separate like a similar example is I'm part of a netball team like a work netball team right and and you know that we the Barclays have a whole range of netball teams and you know support that and allow us to do that um because there's benefits to having that colleagues you know allowing colleagues to have that space where they're connecting and, and you know being active so I think yeah I think it's been a tricky couple of years just with everything that's happened like in the world and then for me it's been like managing this job as well as something as brand new as writing a book I think that's that's been a very challenging journey but it's it's knowing that people are kind of rooting for me has helped it's definitely additional pressure but it has it has helped me get through this because I think otherwise I would have been like I don't know if I can do this um imposter syndrome is so real so um yeah it's the support of everyone else that has really got me through right. so like with um things like fear of missing out whatever so there's people like me this is speak all the time whatever um, so I've got a Rolex. This doesn't have a Rolex. Right? <laughs> now, I'm not here to both. I'm not here to both. Um, <laughs> now, I, saying, I can't even remember. So my Rolex is getting in the way. But um, more, more importantly than that, yeah, with, with, regards to, uh, with regards to fear of missing out. Ah, oh, sorry, the light hit the Rolex hit my eye. It just keeps. I'm here, man. My bad. Sorry, people. Sorry. Um, how how can we um? How can we fight for like the financial fear of missing out? Because I'll be transparent. It's something I, I I struggle with myself personally. This you said he's gonna throw away his his whole apartment and living situation just to get the Rolex I've got. How can we how can we fight these things? Yeah, that speaks to me. Um yeah, FOMO is a very real financial fear of missing out. Um but I think if you act on it, it can be very costly. So I think for me, I just think there's, for everyone, there's only so many birthday parties, Hindus, stag do's, weddings, housewarming parties that we can go to, right? And I and what I'm trying Bola's to come to... Bola's smiling because this is Bola's bag, boy. Bola, this is Bola's bag. <laughs> no, it's not my bag. I'm just, I'm like, yeah, how, you're right. How many can we go to? Sometimes yeah. Thanks, like, but no thanks. Yeah, honestly, and this is what I'm starting to come to terms with. To terms with. It is just okay to decline 
some inv- invitations like it is okay and actually it just means that events that you do go to you make the most out of and you make them as special as as you can and I just I just keep thinking there is always going to be more events to go to in future we have a birthday every single year people are ha- increase, increasingly having more babies more weddings you know m- more housewarmings so I just think like we have a fear of missing out but there is infinite things to potentially miss out on, but also then to potentially go to. So I just think we shouldn't we shouldn't worry about that fear because it's not too real. And actually, it's just about you being strategic and tactical about the events that you want to go to. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's just like how we change the way we view attending events and stuff. We just don't, you don't have to. There's so many, especially post-COVID. There's like events all the time. It's okay. Maddie, do you know what Maddie said about FOMO is that I don't usually get phone when people are out. I only get it from like holidays. Okay, so like, yeah. So if I see people having a good time on holiday, I just start watching because I because that's the only time I, I'm too much of a hater. That's the only time I get phone. But yeah. when you do get phone, I don't really get phone that much. Mm-hmm. But when I do get it, I'm like, wow, this is how it must be to like. I can't imagine living like this. Like every day, you're just triggered. Like nah, man, you can't be you can't be triggered into poverty. You gotta stay woke. Mm. And <laughs> I think there's, there's, <laughs> um, I think there's, it's also important because I think as well, like we're we're moving into a world where like you, it's there's increasingly so many ways to compare yourself to other people, like whether that's through like social media and or otherwise. So I also think there's just something important in drowning out the noise around you and just like I I don't need to be. Checking everyone's Instagram stories, like I need to be. Fo- well, for me, it's I need to be focusing on this book. But it's like, yeah, I just think we have to like get better at not not like worrying too much about what everyone else is doing and just focusing on what's best for ourselves. I think um, main character syndrome probably plays a part in this. Like, we on the intro of our podcast, we joke we joke about about birthdays, and um, you know, like. Uh, I'm trying not to be, I'm trying to be careful in my words, but some people, for instance, uh, say like, oh, you know, it's just, I think in the intro of our pod, we say something like, it's just, um, it's just my birthday, whatever. And then the, the birthday will consist of like a holiday and <laughs> um, free restaurants and you have to get an outfit and da, 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 da. Even, even myself recently, I just got married and um, I'd, I'd never been to like a full wedding before. Um, and I remember being a bit confused, uh, Cause like we had to give like colors for people to wear, and I was thinking. I remember saying the first thing I said was, "Right, like they're gonna have to buy a whole new outfit. Like that's crazy to me, whatever." Um, and I think I guess that main character. I guess part of fighting that fear of financial fear and missing out is also fighting against that sort of main character syndrome that that some people may have. And those people, if you're gonna be honest with yourself, those people might be people's listen. People that are listening, these might be your friends and your family where they even though you've been to five birthdays this month they see it as yeah but it's my birthday the sixth one yeah but it's my yeah. day it's my thing you didn't come to my one and you almost gotta be tough with yourself and be tough with your people they're still your people um i don't know maybe something where you can link them on another day or or whatever whatever on a, on a different day but part of fighting this is also you know, emotionally, it might not always feel good. Someone might turn around to you and say, but where were you? And what you have to remember is, I'm co- well, I can't speak for myself. That's because this makes sense. It's going to sound so bad. But I can't speak for myself because I can be very dismissive. So these conversations last less than three minutes for me. If this is says, where were you on my birthday? I'll say, oh, my bad, bro. Do you enjoy yourself, though? Do you know what I'm saying? The conversation's over. Do you know what I'm saying? It is what it is. But yeah, I think, I think it's gone. No, 
Go on, go on, go on, bro. I'll say, I was going to say, it's, it is quite tough. I can imagine it being tough for people because your social um, currency is very important. All of us that, care that. about how we are socially, but at certain times, you've got to put yourself first. You've got to put, sometimes it's, you've got to put your mental health first. Sometimes you've got to put your financial health first because your Barclays mm-hmm. will be screaming at you. Saturday, it, it's drinks. Sunday <laughs> is dinner. Next week is a spa weekend. Birthday month, babes, stay calm. You have a birthday. You don't have a birthday weekend. You don't have a birthday week. You're born on one day. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so I think as people, we got to be comfortable saying no. And I, I personally think, this is my personal opinion, and I'll die on this hill, is that I think, I think you really got to look at yourself if you feel if you feel away because your friend can't make your birthday because does that really invalidate if your friend can't make a certain event does that really invalidate their friendship their loyalty no to way. you like you don't even know what people are going through people nobody who's really gonna say do you know what I can't come to your birthday because I want to improve my financial well being like you, you shouldn't even have to say that you could you should be able to say no because no is no this month I might spend too much I might have this on yeah, yeah. I want to because at the end of the day like. Really and truly, in 15, 20 years' time, yeah, majority of us are all going to have our own families. And we ain't going to be linking each other, like, maybe once a year. So <laughs> we just get used to it. Sooner I, think later, I right. think there's also a culture of not correlating finances with experiences, which is quite strange to me. So, for instance, people have these conversations about, oh, this is just what you're meant to do as a friend, as a guy, as a girl, as a family member, as a whatever. This is just what you're meant to do. Sometimes I, I joke around with my friends, like, People will talk about those things and not realise they cost money because the next conversation will almost be like, oh, but why can't you afford to do this? And it's like, but you, whatever you just asked me about costs however much, whatever, whatever. But it's because a lot of people, when they have things that are, that's the best way to put it, that they believe are just normal, they invalidate how much it will cost. So some people will be like, oh, I've got my birthday weekend. And to them, they can't understand why you're saying, you know what I'm saying, why you got, why you got, tuna in your yard for dinner, do you know what I'm saying? Because you you just spent money to do their three days birthday dinner, whatever, whatever. Um, so yeah, I think, look, it goes back to what Zainab was saying at the very beginning of the conversation, talking about your finances, talking about the finances. I, I feel no way if someone invites me to something, like a birthday or whatever, to say like, you know, what's, what's the rough price of whatever it is that you're talking about? Um, if Obviously, if it's like a restaurant, if it's like your gun sushi sambar, I can figure that out myself, do you know what I'm saying? But sometimes people will literally just say, yo, pull up, do you know what I'm saying? Then the bill comes. You don't even know how they split bills. They do it equally. Donny yeah. over there, James has got five mimosas. I don't even like James. He's got five mimosas. <laughs> yeah, now nah, I'm putting two bills down. I need to get a mimosa myself, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, know off, I know this is off topic, but have you like, ever been out and you got hit with a split bill, but the split was splitted? Like, Bro? Like, you're like, right, like... I could have got more bang for my buck, like, bro. <laughs> I've been to places and I've seen with my own two eyes, with my own. Like, I was there, so nobody could tell me I lied because I was there. I could smell. I was my boy. Shout out to one of my boys. Um, he threw like a surprise dinner for his wife for his thirtieth year. So I think it was Zuma in like Kensington or Knightsbridge, one of them places. Yeah, I can't remember which one. And he got like a like, room at the back, so those all of us it was really really good time in it. Cool. So I'm seeing. People order us all types of meals. I was like, raw, everybody's going in. I'm seeing lobster. I'm seeing wagyu. I'm seeing shrimp tempura. I'm seeing, seeing cocktails, 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 cocktails. Cool. Everybody's allegedly paying, paying their way. 
Why is there 700 pounds left over at the end of the thing? Bro, it's nasty. Bro, birthdays are nasty. Fam, do you know? I have to understand. Okay, I don't actually think there should be contracts. Honestly, for me, because I don't drink, so like when I go to like my close friends know this, so yeah, if we're out, they'll just be like a little bit gets knocked off because we've shared like three yeah. bottles of wine and Zayn yeah. have had none. Yeah. But Real it does friends. become an issue, it does become an issue in at bigger functions, but like sometimes me and my friends just say, like Can we not just get a separate bill and just pay bill. for our bit? Like, do you know what I mean? Because smart. If everybody you're just smart you know, got a separate bill. But I think it really depends because people have a different expectation of how yeah. how you should spend at these events. And again, like you said, it, it comes back down to having to talk about this stuff. Like we just need to yeah. get more comfortable talking about people's expectations and people's own situations. Restaurants need, to, restaurants need to start having an app where you just... You can do that, you know? People okay. be airing your monza request, you know. That was a request. <laughs> that, that was a request. Why are we going to say? I mentioned had a really great time. XXX. <laughs> I'm here mentioning Op Banks. My bad. My bad. I think Barclays <laughs> got that system. My bad. My bad. Yeah. I, do you know, yeah? I remember the first time. Yeah, I remember. I remember. I went to this. This. I bear in mind. I didn't know that people did like split whole bills at this time. Whatever. Yeah, I grew up. Do you know what I'm saying? Where I grew up, we 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 were when we restaurants, we took our own money. Do you know what I'm saying? So I remember going there, whatever. I'm this is um this is early days. Like I'm I don't even think I'm in uni, I think I'm in college, whatever. Like so I was what's that between 16 and 18 or whatever. And I remember thinking, okay, cool. Like I arrived late, I only ordered dessert because I thought right, I don't have pee like that right now. Do you know what I'm saying? Da, 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 da. A young, I remember thinking like I'm gonna spend a young 10, 15, whatever, nothing, get away with it, cool. End of the mail comes or whatever, they're like, yeah, let's all split it. I'm looking at man like, yo, like man only got the only got <laughs> I only got the cheesecake gig, man. Like I only got the cheesecake and, and a J2O, do you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't understand this yet, yeah. Whatever, yeah. So, anyways, yeah. I ended up splitting out whatever, spending a young like 40 or whatever. Remember thinking, nah man, I'm not falling for this trap again. So next time we went out, I thought, right, cool, I'm cool. What I'm going to do is I'm just going to order whatever I want to order, yeah? Because we're all going to split it anyway. Well, it's a different set of friends, whatever. So I'm, I'm here ordering a magazine, things I've never seen before. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> things that are only real in SpongeBob and that. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> things that live under the sea. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm ordering things, you know what I'm saying? That they, they told, the, the waiter tells man, you can't use knife and fork, you got to use this instrument. I don't know what man gave me. Man gave me the violin thing, whatever. I don't know. Man gave me whatever. <laughs> I'm there eating like a king. Do you know what I'm saying? Napkin like this and that. I'm thinking, yeah, let's do this, whatever. Bill came. They said, yeah, yeah, everyone pay for what they got. I said, rah, rah, what? This ain't even a day, man. Like, what? Equality in that? I don't like this, big man. I don't like this equality stuff. You have to know, you have to know who you're dealing with. And do what what you have to do, yeah? So for for the younger people listening to this pod, yeah, this is how you deal with it, yeah? So, this is after making mistakes being because I don't drink like that. I only drink if I'm going out, out, I'll drink. But if I'm going for a meal, I'm not gonna order a drink. And also I don't usually like the starters, there's too much fancy shit I can't eat. So I'll just get a steak, keep it, keep it calm, no dessert, maybe one beverage, yeah. So I always overpay when I'm doing the split thing, but I can eat that. This is what you need to do. If you know what you're getting, is this everybody, if, as soon as before the boss comes said, Hi guys, I only got a this. But I'm gonna pay a bit more. So let's say what you got is twelve pound. But I'm gonna pay her like seventeen. Do you know what I mean? Just to kind of make it easier to build. 
you pay off first, leave the Hunger Games to the wolves <laughs> that will get in five cocktails. Do you know what I mean? And you know you got to say it out loud as well. So when people are having that convo later, like when there's eight bills missing, but and then someone's like, but where's Disu? No, 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 Disu said, man, but Disu, Disu even paid more than what he came, what he came with. Jump you know said, yeah. Because, yeah. bro, that whole thing about me, I've never, praise God, I've never been left in that situation where there's like, you know, you've had a birthday dinner and, and there's more to be paid or whatever, whatever. Because that, to me, is, I've seen friends like, um, I've seen friends in situations where it's like they've had a birthday dinner and then the end comes. And I think uh, this, you said it earlier, like there's like two bills, three bills left on the bill. And I'm like, do you know how outrageous that is? Like, <laughs> there's seven of us. Like, what do you mean there's two bills left on the bill? That means <laughs> two people just said, oh, you know, uh, they got that money. That's like, this, do people or people put a lobster in their handbags to take yeah, home? Like, I just, don't, I just didn't understand it. It was a bit bad. Um, but yeah, let's 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 go into these these last two these last two pieces. Um, like we we covered we covered diversity oh, and inclusion. Yeah, yeah and yeah. in all honesty, based on based on what Dissy said, it sounds like we covered how we celebrate social occasions on a budget, which is announce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> also, you have, to, you have to do your research. You have to do your research on the menu before. We're gonna like, say certain places, like certain places. I was gonna say, do your research on the people as well. Yeah, no, because oh, because okay. To, to be fair, now I only go out with my my people, and I know what type of time they're on. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah. see the bill, and I'm like, hmm. I'm with my people. I know how much it's gonna cost. Yeah, and I'm yeah. ready for it because I know. Okay, cool. People want to get this. People want to get two starters. Everybody's gonna get bad drinks. Somebody's gonna order shots for everybody. So I'm thinking, I just think worst case scenario ahead. And if I could do the worst yeah, case scenario, yeah. man's there. You, see, you get me? But <laughs> you, you got, you got, you got, you got to do your due diligence because that's how you go there. And then when you're even your Barclays app is looking at you like, wait, when, when did we? When did we discuss? I don't care what type of music they play at Bagatelle. When did we discuss one eighty for food and drink? You know I, I, mean? I want. I want. I want to ask a question here. I don't know how. Um. um I don't, I don't know if this is a politically correct question, but I just saw it. I saw people discuss it on social media. And I thought it was like very commonsensical because of, I guess, my upbringing or whatever. But I thought it would be interesting to ask you guys. If it's not politically correct, let me know, whatever, whatever, yeah. But some some, um, some of the people on social media were talking about... Um, when you are out, yeah? When you're with your lady friends and vice versa for the ladies, when you're with your guy friends, is it normal for your guy friends guy friend to pay because when I'm out with my lady friends I'm talking completely platonic no romantic interest whatever 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 I just do it if that mean, I'm not talking about dinner by the way that's a mazine that's a different convo you know what I'm saying if you're if you're at the birthday dinner you better bring your card out you know what I'm saying but let's say you're just at a bar whatever whatever everyone's gone quiet is that politically incorrect um I'm trying to understand your question. Let's say if you're at a, if you're at a bar with your guy, if you if you're at a bar with Disu, yeah, is it normal for you to think Disu will pay? No, for me personally, not. And okay. I just I'm gonna put that down to how I was brought up. I don't want to say that anyone is, <laughs> but some people are more expectant than others. But how I grew up. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like going to someone's house and being super hungry. You should have ate at your own house. You should have yeah, yeah, that's that's Yeah. And I guess for me, I mentioned I don't drink, so I do have a lot of friends that will just buy, you know, a soft drink. But I also 
I will just get my, you know, a lemonade is not, <laughs> is not something worth debating about, you know? So yeah. I think I'm not really kind of like the right audience. Cause I think it's, you know, it becomes more of a debate when people are thinking about, I guess, like going out for lots of drinks and, and things like that. Okay. You don't you don't get away with saying that. Okay, you're out. You're out with a, with, a, with, a, with a male colleague or one of your male friends, and you don't want to go get some dinner. Nothing like nothing crazy, but that's just some dinner. Honestly, would you think? Oh, he's an offer to pay, or I, I wouldn't that? expect that. No, I wouldn't expect that. Um, I think. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the same as going out with, with any friend, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's times that I might just, you know, I'm out getting a, like a coffee with friends and I'll just say, don't worry, I'll get this, right? But it's not, I don't think that's ever an expectation amongst friends. Um, but again, if it is an expectation, you need to be communicating that to your friends, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but that round thing is frightening, you know, that um, there's a cultural thing of people that go to pubs and whatever, that was great. I did that. I did that amazingly. It decoded. But there's a there's a cultural thing of the there's a culture of people that go to pubs and they do this thing called rounds. And it, they, you can literally just be. I've never been in it. Praise God. Do you know what I'm saying? But I've seen it on TV and that. Yeah, Eastenders and things. Yeah, they'll just sit down. Yeah, and someone will say, "Listen, it's your round," and that person has to pay for everyone's drinks. Yeah, and just bring it on a train. It's not just you pay for it. You bring it like. Do you know how mad that concept is to me? Imagine like you're all waved by the third round and like fourth and fifth and sixth guy just avoid it and that. Do you know what I'm saying? I, praise God. I, me and my friends have done rounds, but it wasn't more like expected. It was just kind of just happened. Like first person go get, go up to get drinks. Say, oh, do you want anything? It kind of happened. Um, very off topic here, but have you not ever, have you not ever been the person that's asked everyone in the office for tea and then brought everybody tea? Because I've literally seen like, people that like, ask bare people for tea and they've come with like a tray and they're bannishing it and yeah, I just look up and like it can never ever two people max I've never offered anybody yeah, tea in my life we're saying Bolly if a fat person says yeah I want tea as well I'd, I'd be like <laughs> well I'll get it for them because I don't want them to feel awkward but I'll just the maximum I'll ask like one or two um, whoever's whoever's in my vicinity, I mean, sometimes I'm not trying to look the other way. What about you, Zayda? Have you ever been the um, got tea so, I mean, in our post pre COVID, in our open plan office, um, that would be you know offering up hundreds of cups of tea. So <laughs> I think it's just a different it's a different setup where that's not. That wouldn't quite work, but like maybe when like you know my team used to be as little as kind of four or six of us, mm. and so it, it like it, it might just be like does anyone want anything? But normally, what normally happened is someone would offer, and then someone else would say, "Oh, I I'm going to get one. I'll just come with you." Because we have like cafes, it's not necessarily that we have like a kettle to boil in the kitchen, right? Okay. So it's like slightly different. Zainab has been stunting on you this whole. Oh, stop. <laughs> What she said, you might have kettles, you might got do it manually. What? No, it's because we have like hot water straight from the tap, so it's the equivalent. But what? <laughs> okay, That's I'm gonna stop talking kettles. now. <laughs> no, joking, no, joking. <laughs> I was saying, like, you've, you've been a, a great addition to this pod, man. 
thank you so much for having me it's loads of fun so yeah i hope you're, you're a fantastic orator you've got a great um speaking voice I'm actually quite yeah generous. you really do you really thank do. you because yeah. i will i will not be listening back to this because i can't stand my voice so i really appreciate that <laughs> maybe that will maybe that will encourage me to have a listen <laughs> before, we, before we go i want to give you your um flowers on saturn that you said so you got an award at barclays i think it was this year and one of your quotes was, if a young black woman sees me becoming more senior and inspires them, then all the work I do will be worth it. And to me, that's been sort of a, a consistency in this conversation that we've had with you, that a lot of what you do, I think you even said it in, in your own words, a lot of what you do is for other people. So even though you put yourself forward or these are sacrifices you're making, it's the hope that, you know, someone else can take for it. So, yeah, we just want to give you your, your flowers that, you know, you're doing amazing. I know... You, you might you might know that, you might not know that. I don't know what's going on in, in your mind, but I know a lot of great people, obviously, because they're doing so much, sometimes they don't stop to think, am I being appreciated for it? Is what I'm doing good enough or whatever, whatever, whatever. But yeah, what you're doing is special and I'm hopeful that, um, you know, through this podcast and just your everyday life, it will spread to as many people as possible. Um, Amen. Yeah, you were, man thought this was a prayer. No, I was you're right. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know what I'm saying? I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. No, it's all right, man. But yeah. Is there anything you want to plug? Um, oh, anything to plug? I mean, I guess watch this space. My book will be coming out. It's targeting February 2022. So watch this Yay. space. It's called A Quick Ting On the Black Girl Afro. Um, Sick. So that's, yeah, I guess the most official plug. And then I just, yeah, just, you know, just generally, I think watch this space, you know, Barclays doing a lot in the, the kind of finance space, but also, like I said, a lot of the diversity and inclusion stuff. And like, you know, I hope like lots of kind of other industries and companies progress in that same space as well. So yeah, I guess that's it for me. It's beautiful, man. It says a lot when an individual comes on and even plugs their, the company that they work for. It says that, you know, it's an amazing company to work for. So yeah, thank you for coming on. For real, for real, thank you. Um, you know where to find us, the last three digits on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and as always, we will see you next week. Sure. This is